all Christians, all Christians have been given the same opportunities. All Christians have been given the same opportunities. So what kind of opportunity do you have this morning? All Christians have been given the same opportunities, but few follow the course of action. I don't believe that no one's going to fall into that position in this church. But it goes to say that all Christians have been given the same opportunities, but few follow the course of action. Oh, me. So uh, some of us need to brush up a little bit on what's going on in, in our spirit realm. Amen. Glory to God. I'm going to get ahead of you. I know where I'm going. Father, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, that as we look to your word, greater revelation will come to each and every one of us, Father God. We thank you for the word, Father God, that sets us free, Father God. We praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. As Christians... Does it make any different in what you believe? As a Christian, does it make any difference in what you believe? Well, some of you are nodding and some of you are just staring, okay? Yes. yes, of course it does. Because we hold to the true values in our lives. Unless we clearly understand the convictions and the whys we embrace them, we will waver in our faith if we don't know what our convictions are. And we will poorly represent the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ if we don't know what our convictions are. Okay. So the problem facing most Christians today is that they have a vague idea about their own beliefs. Uh, it becomes wise to consider the foundational truths that govern our thinking and our lifestyle. So if you'll turn to with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 55. And we'll be uh, looking at verses 10 and 11. That's Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. For as the rain cometh down, we just sang about the rain, send the rain. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and returns not thither, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Glory to God. That's good news. So when the rain comes and it uh, goes upon the seed that's in the earth, it brings forth bread. Verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth from my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the things whereunto I send it. Glory to God. Uh, just as natural seeds produce a harvest, God's word will produce a harvest in our lives if we water that seed. When God speaks or when we speak, the word, the results will be 
based upon the seeds that we sow. If we speak lack, hurt, disappointments, and problems, those seeds will produce in our lives. Well, that's a rough one. But on the other hand, if we choose to talk about provisions, God's goodness, His blessings, we can expect a harvest of mercy, goodness, and blessings. And if we understand and act upon the principle, we can change our words. Therefore, we can change our lives. Turn with me. Well, you don't have to. Well, we'll just turn there. Second uh, Timothy chapter three. That's Second Timothy chapter three. Uh, the scripture is an unfolding of the rev- the revelation of, of God Himself. Every part of the Bible is God breathed. That's Second Timothy now, chapter three. Looking at verse 16, I'm going to read it from the Amplified. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, from the Amplified. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin, for correction of error and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purposes, and actions. Glory to God. So the, the scriptures, it says, is God-breathed. So they, the scriptures are perfectly trustworthy. Uh, they're accurate because God is doing the speaking and he's overseeing the writing of it. So when you pick up your Bible, you, we need to realize what we're holding in your hand or what you're holding in your hand. It isn't just merely ink on paper. It's the living word of God, which he lovingly gave to each and every one of us that uh, we should grow in a relationship with him. Amen. So with those thoughts, uh, we're going to look at the tenets of faith, or the doctrines of faith, specifically to uh, here at Shekinah Glory. Okay, so Turn with me now to 1 Corinthians. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. These are tenets of faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 11 from the King James. For other foundation no man can lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. From the Amplified, it reads, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. So so the tenets of faith, all the foundation is built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the cornerstone. The Word says that He's also the cornerstone. So uh, in the tenets of faith, we speak of God. We believe that there is one God, Creator, sustainer of all things. He is completely perfect, glory to God, and exists eternally in three persons, as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. While these three are one in a sense, a sense, a sense, boy, I can't get my words out. Uh, they are distinct in person, 
personality and function. God is completely perfect and can only be approached through the blood of Jesus Christ. So if you'll turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6. We will go to the fourth verse. That's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Glory to God. Now, go to Mark. We're just going to kind of nail this down. That's the book of Mark, chapter... One God. And here's where a lot of, a lot of uh, religions, religious religions, get it confused. Uh, at Jesus' um, baptism, that's Mark chapter one. Let's begin with verse nine. And it came to pass. That's Mark one. Being in verse 9. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in the Jordan. And straightway coming out of the water, he saw the heavens open up and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. So we have Jesus and we have the Spirit. Verse 11. And there came a voice from him saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So we see there's three individuals that make up God. Mark 12. And Mark 12. Verse 29, Jesus, that's Mark 12, verse 29, and Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. So uh, some people just can't figure that one out. He's part of the, the, you could say, coalition. Turn with me now to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 8, looking at verse 6. 1 Corinthians 8 and 6. But to us there is one, but one God, the Father of whom all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom all things, and we by him. Glory to God. So we're seeing things that... Uh, God is a triune God. Amen? Okay, that's the uh, second part here. Is the Son of God, or Jesus Christ. We believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. He took upon himself our nature. 
being conceived by the Holy Spirit, and he was born of the Virgin Mary. He died upon the cross as a substitutionary sacrifice for, for the sins of the world. He rose from the dead in bodily form. He ascended into heaven where he has been glorified. He now is at the right hand of uh, God the Father as our high priest where he is interceding on our behalf. He is the only way to God. Uh, Colossians, since we're in the New Testament, let's go to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Talking about Jesus. Verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. This is speaking about Jesus. Then just back up uh, a chapter. To Philippians chapter 2. Now it's Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made, no, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of the servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even unto death of the cross. So we see Jesus, Son of God. Okay, Matthews. Back up to the book of Matthew. I know it's in the Bible someplace. Matthew. <laughs> Matthew chapter 1. We'll start with verse 18. That's Matthew 1, starting with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thy, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take Mary thy wife, for, she, for that which she has conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled that which is spoken by the Lord, by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and she shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted, God is with us. Then Joseph, being raised from the sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he was called, and he was named Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Going on to 1 Peter. 
These are scriptures on Jesus. First Peter chapter two and verse twenty four. Oh, let's go to verse twenty one. That's first Peter. 2.20.21 For even here and too you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither, neither was guile found in his mouth. Whom when he had reviled, reviled not again. And when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges right, right, righteously. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. For ye were sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. Thank you, Lord. Something to be excited about, what he has done for us. Back up to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. In Hebrews chapter 4, beginning with verse 14, that's Hebrews 4, 14. Seeing that we have a great high priest that passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we are not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we were yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Through Jesus, we have the ability to come before God's throne without even uh, a sense of condemnation. Amen. And uh, finally... Final word on Jesus this time. We'll go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We're going to look at the close relationship here. That's John four, chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So, glory to God. We have the only access to the Father is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you can't pray in the name of Buddha. You can't... Uh, you know, or any of those, but it's only through Jesus. And he did it all for us. Okay. Now let's look at the, the Holy Spirit, third part of the Trinity. We believe the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. He not only uh, convicts, but also re, uh, regenerates a sinner to the point of conversion. 
thank you, Lord, that uh, while we were yet out there, the, the Holy Spirit was working to send people our way, that our hearts would be touched. Amen. He also indwells and equips the believers to live like Jesus Christ and helps us to do the work of the kingdom. Amen. Helps you to do the work. How many know it's better to be being helped, there are two of you working on a, on a project than just one of you? I mean, if you make a mistake, you know, uh, you won't know about it until somebody finds it. But if there's two of you working, there's a possibility that, hey, well, this is wrong. Well, we need to check this out. And we have the Holy Spirit within us. When we go out and begin to do things and, and something is a little amiss, he'll speak in your ear. Well, actually, he's inside. But it'll come to your ear. Uh, you better check this out. I think we better return to the Word. This is what the Word says. We need to straighten things out. That's good. And he also helps us to do the work of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit is the one that equips believers with certain and specific gifts. So what gifts are you lacking? Or what gifts, what package, you know, it's like Christmas time or your birthday. God gives you a gift. Anybody ever get a gift? And all of us have gotten some gifts. And you, how many have taken that gift and set it aside and never opened it? Well, that's bad news. Because if you open the gift, sometimes it, it just opens up a whole new world to you. And if we don't open that gift, it's our own fault. God's gifts are blessings. Amen. Um, just to go off track a little bit, there, is a, there used to be a uh, TV series called Monk, and maybe some of you saw Monk. And his wife dies in a car bomb accident. And uh, the week that she died, she gave Monk a present. It was in a little box. And when she passed away, he just put the box on the mantle and said, you know, this is, this is the last gift my wife gave me. But he never opened it until the end of the series. And then you find out in that box, it tells Monk, if something happens to me, this is the guy that did it. So for, I think it's, Four or 17 years since his wife passed away, he, he, was, he thought he was dying, so he'll open the gift now and, and he can be with his wife. You know, I'm going to die and I'll be with my wife. He opens it and he finds out that all the while, while he was sick, living, he had a gift there to get the guy. Because all, that's all he wanted to do was find the person that, murdered his wife, and it was given. But he left, it was unanswered, unopened, until he felt he was, it was his last 
portion of his life. So he, he had to start fighting back to get life to bring this other person to justice. Some of us have not opened our gifts. The Holy Spirit is telling us, I can do this for you. And you say, well, let's see. Uh, no, I, I'll, I think I'll go to the bank for this one. Or I'll go see brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, and they've been through this. And all the while, you've got the answer in your hands. Some of us don't even want, many Christians don't want to even open the Bible. Oh, it's boring. But through, quote, through some of those boring things, you can get blessed when you begin to look at God's promises. Oh, this is available to me. This is, and you said, well, this is, I, I didn't know that. So I've got to start living now because God has given me a gift so I can be blessed. And too many Christians, we just, oh, that's, you know. Uh, the Bible's boring. I don't. We need to be excited. And all the begats. Remember, so-and-so begat, so-and-so, and, and begat, and he begat that and that and that and that. Where did you find about Jabez. We sing the song about Jabez. No limits. We can, we can claim the same thing that Jabez does, but how many Christians know that? And you got, and, we, and here we are, knowing about it, but not using it. Well, here's the keys to the car. Oh, thank you. And you never jump in and drive it. What good is it? There are secrets in God's word that, that want, he wants you to be blessed. And all you have to do is put some action to it. Here's the keys. What do you got to do? Walk out to the car. Open the door. Sit down. Put it keys in the ignition. Start it and go to a destiny, a place that, you, that you've been wanting to go, but you've, before you said it was too far to walk, but now you have a vehicle that gets you there in a short time. But because we fail to open the gift, we're stranded. We're, we're in the same position as before. We don't have to be that way. As Christians, we have the Bible that has, given, it has been opened unto us and through the Holy Spirit. He can guide you. Have a problem at work? Holy Spirit, I need some help. Lord, I'm having problems with this, this teacher. He's giving me too much homework. Well, you can say, Lord, don't make him... Give me that homework, or Lord, when I read it, I'll know it the first time. Not forget it. Which way do you want? You're always going to have to take the test, so you might as well say, Lord, help me get, get through this. You see what I'm saying? He's there for us. He's the Holy Spirit. Again, the Holy Spirit is the one who equips believers with certain special gifts. What gifts are you operating in? Uh-oh. 
Some of, us, some of you have not opened the treasure chest and found out that you've got a gift that, that can bless the world or can bless your neighbor or bless your family. We become stingy. This is my gift. Nobody else is going to see it. Nobody else is going to use it. Hello. Can't be that way. Okay, let's go to the book of Acts. These, again, these are, will be familiar scriptures. Book of Acts, chapter 1. Acts, chapter 1, looking at verse 8. But ye shall receive power, Acts 1, 8. After that, the Holy Ghost shall is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Look at, at that verse in the Amplified. That's Acts 1, 8 from the Amplified. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and, and to the ends of the, the very bounds of the earth. Something's wrong. You've got power. You've got keys. You haven't used it. Oh, Acts chapter 4. Verse 31, Acts 4, 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Oh, we need to be bold. I better not go there. First Thessalonians, Chapter One. In First Thessalonians, Chapter One. First Thessalonians chapter 1, beginning with verse 5. For our gospel came not unto us in word only. Glory to God, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sakes. And you became followers of us, and the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with the joy of the Holy Ghost. How many is joyful? You have the Holy Ghost. It means we shouldn't have a sad day. We shouldn't have, uh, because the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Some of us sometimes disappoint the Holy Ghost. We don't want to be joyful. I'm sad, I'm bad, so leave me alone. Verse 7, so that you were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. Verse 8, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spread abroad, so that we need not speak anything. In other words, Paul was going out there and saying, okay, we're going to go here and speak to these people. They already know, because somebody was there speaking. They had the joy of the Lord, and they told them about the good news of the gospel. All he had to do is reaffirm it. Hello? Oh, okay, Titus, the book of Titus. We're still, uh, we're in a T section now. Titus chapter 3. Verse 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Some of us need to get the Holy Ghost fire. We should have. Remember Keith? Holy Ghost and fire? Think you find back there? The song? Holy Ghost and fire. It's not, I've got the Holy Ghost and fire all over me. All over me. Oh, we need to come alive this morning. Did you wake up this morning? Are you still on, uh, what is it? Daylight savings time? Hello. Okay. What about salvation? This is another one. This is, uh, salvation is the only the only way of salvation is through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ. This is a gift received by faith through confession. You have to confess that you're saved. Repentance and baptism of Jesus. Baptism. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. John chapter 3. You know... Some of you have gone so winning and, and sometimes you come across people that don't believe what you, what you say. You ask them to go. I tell them to go, to, if they've got a Bible, go to John chapter 3. And verse 3, John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You're not, they're not going to make it unless they get born again. And you know what they say? We don't believe that in our church. Or I've never, never taught that, and I don't believe this is what you're reading. I said, get out your own Bible. Read it. They have to be born again. Well, I was baptized in the church, and that's not going to do you any good. I know most of us here was baptized as babies. Do you remember when you, they, they sprinkled the water on you as a baby? And what did you say? Then we started crying, got wet. You have to know what you're doing. To become born again, you have to know. You have to speak it forth. A baby can't do that. So water baptism for a baby at that age is not any good. It's, it's, it's a fallacy, and, and, and the church has fallen for that. Uh-oh. Get myself in trouble now, aren't I? Uh, John 14. Book of John, chapter 14. These are tenets of faith. Say, so, well, you're a little bit off. You know, I'm not. John 14, verse 6. Again, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you have to speak it, John, well, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his own begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that, he, but through, but that the world through him might be saved. Glory to God. Jesus is the only way. This is the way of salvation. Acts chapter 2. Oh, glory to God. In Acts chapter 2, looking at verse 38. Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We need to come alive. Amen. That's our salvation. Okay. Again, uh, speaking about the Holy Scriptures, we believe scriptures, the Scriptures, both the Old and New Testament, to be the inherent Word of God, in which the original manuscripts were inspired by the Holy Ghost. It is the Word and final authority that we should live by and our faith should be guided by. So since we're in that area, look at, uh, we've seen it once before, so go to that T section and find 2 Timothy one more time. That's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we read at the very beginning. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine. For reproof, for correction. Some of us sometimes, sometimes we think wrong. 
and we read, and it says, you got to do this, and we say, I don't want to do that, but it's therefore correction. We need to be corrected. You know, if, you don't, if we're not corrected, I'll put it this way. How many of you, we've all gone to this, been in the store, and you see a little kid screaming and kicking, laying on the floor, and the parent does nothing. And you say, if that was my kid, I'd tan their bottom or take them out. Well, God says the same thing about us when we are screaming and kicking, doing something wrong. He says, this is for your good. I'm correcting you here. Straighten up. Uh-oh. Again, all scriptures is given at verse 16, 2, Corinthians, uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given for inspiration. We ain't need to be inspired. Inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction. Oh boy, that's a hard one. And for instruction in righteousness. This is, this is, this is for your own good. I didn't think it was for my own good when my bottom was being tanned. But it happened. And they didn't want to do it anymore. Or, or I tried to make a devised different way of doing things. You know, little evil thoughts. Well, they caught me at this. Maybe if I approach it this way, they won't find out. Nobody, look at that. Nobody ever thought of that. Okay, well, we're being corrected this morning, aren't we? Well, at least I am. I don't know about you, okay? Okay. Let's go to Second Peter. James, Peter. Second Peter. Second Peter chapter one. Again, we're talking about the, the, the scriptures. Verse twenty-one. That's Second Peter chapter one, verse twenty-one. For prophecy came not in old times by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We need to be moved by the Holy Ghost to do the things that we're called to do. He's given us gifts. Look in Corinthians. Find out what gift. Find a gift that you'd like to possess. Ask him for it. He says, I'll not withhold anything, any good thing from you. Hello. Okay, what about the church? Talking about the church. We believe the church consists of those who have been born again through the acceptance of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Also referred to as the body of Christ, they live the life of faith in obedience to the word of God and fulfill the great commission of going forth, spreading the gospel to the lost and dying world. Are we doing that? Oh, okay. Let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Well, no. You know, I only get one day off, and I need the recreation value. Well, some of us need to 
reevaluate our priorities because having a day off and not doing doing something for the Lord, you uh, hurt yourselves. Matthew chapter 28. And Matthew 28. Verse, beginning in verse 18, Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, actually speaking to us, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now he tells us what to do. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the world. Amen. Glory to God. So we're commanded to do the Great Commission. Romans chapter 12. Got to hurry. Well, I shouldn't have to hurry. I get, let you out early all the time. So, well, Romans chapter 12. Look at verse 5. So we, that's Romans 12, 5. So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members of one another. This is the body of Christ. We're the body of Christ. Ephesians chapter 5. Oh, glory to God. In Ephesians chapter 5, oh, verse 23, we see, for the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Glory to God. So we're the church. We're the body. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 18. Colossians 1.18. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. In all things. If the head has preeminence, the body has to go there. Hello. Colossians 1.24. Now, who now rejoice in my suffering for you and fill up that which is behind the afflictions of, G of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Glory to God. We are the church. Okay. Another, another doctrine is marriage. We, we believe that marriage is a union of one man and woman as ordained by God in the Holy Scriptures. We believe that marriage is the foundation of all society and as such is holy and honorable estate that cannot be severed or altered. Marriage is a symbol of the union that exists between Jesus Christ and the church. So we go all the way. Let's go to the very beginning, looking at Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 20, uh, beginning with verse 22. Genesis 2, verse 22. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made a woman and brought, it, brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. 
Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his life, wife, and they shall be one flesh. Okay. Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. Psalms, Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 5, look at this. Proverbs 5. Proverbs 5. The book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Proverbs 5, beginning with verse 18. Let, let, the, let, let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her, let her be as loving hind and uh, pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee all thy times and be thou ravished always with her love. Glory to God. Man and wife. Okay, Matthew chapter... 19. We're about done. Just got two more to go. Matthew chapter 19, looking at verses 4 through 6. That's Matthew 9, four, four, verses 4 through 6. And he answered and said unto him, Have you not read that he that which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the twain shall be one flesh. Therefore there are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Okay, and then the final one on marriage is Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10. Again, this is Jesus speaking. Mark 10, verse, uh, verse, beginning verse 6. But from the beginning of, of creation, God made them male and female. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife. They shall, twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. Okay. Now, turn to with me to... 1 Corinthians, I know we're jumping around here quickly now. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is something that we do monthly, but you can do this daily. Uh, I think it'd be great if you could do this daily. Uh, if you're by yourself, you could do it, and, or you can do uh, this with the family. It's a communion. Service okay. The, or the, the Lord's Supper is a commemoration of the, of Christ's death and should be ta uh, partaken with reverence. So it's First Corinthians chapter eleven, beginning in verse twenty-three. It reads, "For I have received of the Lord that which I also deliver unto you. The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you." Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup. And while, when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We go on and it says, For, I, for as often you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the, the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of, of the Lord. Verse 28 is very important. But let a man examine himself 
and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation unto himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, two more, I believe we got. Three more. Okay. Water baptism. Water baptism is the uh, immersion of a believer for the forgiveness of sins and identify with the, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Bapti baptism is not does not by itself save, but is part of the salvation process. Okay? And it's taught in Scripture, so let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 2. That's Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 38. Then Peter said unto him, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall be uh, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you that, and your children, and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And, many, and with many words did they, he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this un, uh, untoward... Uh, generation that they that they gladly received his word were baptized the same day and were added unto them about three thousand so that's uh, that portion let's go to the book of Romans chapter six this time this is baptism it's important verse three that's Romans six three know you not that many of us were baptized unto Jesus, were baptized unto his death. Wherefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we all should also walk in newness of life. So when we, we are baptized, it exemplifies that uh, we've been raised from the sin of death, okay? Okay, Colossians. In the book of Colossians. Ephesians. In Colossians chapter 2. Look, look at verse 12. This is talking about water baptism. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye were risen with him through faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. Glory to God. Uh, When they bury someone, what do they do? They're covered, completely covered. Now, think about it. Baby baptisms, are they completely covered? No, we don't. Because they, so you know what I'm trying to say there. Okay, and First Peter chapter 3. In First Peter chapter 3, Verse 21, 1 Peter 3.21. The like figure whereunto even baptism does also now save, uh, save us, not putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good 
conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it, it just shows you that uh, just an outward recognition when you uh, are baptized or with the Lord. Okay, now, uh, we just got two to go, so some of us, these are tenets of faith, all right? Uh, so the kingdom, God's kingdom. We believe that the kingdom of God is the rule of God in heaven and earth. The kingdom rules begins in the human heart and continues out into every area of life. So let's go to Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5. Look at verse 3, Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in heart, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So it begins in the, in the, in the heart. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, looking at verse, well, Jesus is telling us how to pray in verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as in, he is in heaven. So his kingdom is coming. Uh, verse 33 of Matthew 6. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seeking God's righteousness in the kingdom, okay? And uh, chapter 16 of Matthew. Look at verse 19. That's 619. We sang the song of it. Matthew chapter 16 looking at verse 19 and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth it shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou loose on earth thou shalt be loosed in heaven. So we have the kingdom keys. You have the ability to open and close doors. Are we doing it? Okay. And the final one uh, Tenets of faith is the end of the age. We believe that the end of the age will be marked by the visible and bodily return of the Lord Jesus Christ. At which time the judgment of all humanity will take place with the righteous being ushered into eternal life and the unrighteous unto eternal death. So let's go. Uh, we are in Matthew. They go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25. We want to look uh, begin in verse Thirty-one. Okay. This is the judgment. Matthew twenty-five, verse beginning verse thirty-one. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all His angel, angel, holy angels with Him, then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them from one another, as His shepherd divideth His sheep from goats, and He shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, be blessed in my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, you clothed me. I was, I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then the righteous answered and said, saying, Lord, when, when saw we... 
hunger and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink, when ye, when ye saw thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee, or when we saw thee sick or in prison and came to them, and the king said, and the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto the very least of these my brethren, you have done it to me. Then he shall say to them that are on the left. Shall we read what happens to the people on the left hand side? Not a question, okay. It says, Depart from me, and you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So that's the end of the age. Okay, you can read all the way down to verse 46. In John chapter 5, let's go to the book of John chapter 5. All these things take place. John chapter 5, verse 25. Verily, verily, that's John 5, 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that shall hear live. For the Father has, hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him the authority to execute judgment also, because he is the son of man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and shall come forth, and they that are uh, have done good unto, unto resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. That's at the end of the age, and it's coming close. We're coming close. And finally, Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter 20. Verse 11, beginning with verse 11. That's Revelation 20. Verse 11, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the seas gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to his works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the fire. That's the end of the age. Glory to God. So those, those are the tenets of faith. We should, you know, people to ask you, what, what do you believe? And that's what... Those things that uh, we just looked at or read over, should you be your foundation of your understanding? Amen. Bow, you get out six minutes late. Anybody need prayer this morning? I should have asked that earlier. Okay. Did you find that one song? Nope. Okay. I guess... It's all right. It was the Holy Ghost and Fire with uh, Keith Holliday. We'll look it up and...
give you a shock next week. The Holy Ghost and fire. You need the Holy Ghost and fire. Let's all stand. Father, we're praising. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that uh, as we look through your word from, from the beginning to the end, these doctrines, Father God, of tenets of faith, Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we're, we will be more secure in those. And thank you, Lord, that uh, as we look upon them, Father God, meditate upon them, Father God, greater recognition, Father God, of your word comes into our lives, Father God, because we will be blessed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. For those that want tenets of faith, i got some of them here. There's a couple of misspelled words. Mike, I'll put this out in the back. <laughs>